Hi, everybody. Welcome into BT Powerhouse Podcast. We are live on Monday, October 3rd. I am Thomas Bendit, as always. I am your host of the BT Powerhouse Podcast and manager of BT Powerhouse. Um, and additionally, we are live on Facebook Live, so definitely check us out on BT Powerhouse. Got a lot of stuff going on um, with college basketball right around the corner. Um, but today, we're talking about Nebraska. We're breaking down the Cornhuskers. It should be a lot of fun. Um, and to help us break it down, we have Adam from Corn Nation, which is SB Nation's Nebraska site. Adam, how's it going? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Happy to have you. How's uh, How are things hanging out in Nebraska? Well, it's football season, so, you know, it's, that's what everyone's thinking about. We're 5-0. and Looking pretty good right now going into the bye week. Everyone's pretty excited. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it looked a little, uh, looked a little scary in Illinois just watching the score, but uh, looks like they took care of business in the second half. So uh, can't complain too much, I guess. <laughs> That's right. Hey, I'm um, five and zero. Yeah, yeah. Nothing wrong with five and zero. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see the West. Uh, I was out at the, uh, the Michigan Wisconsin game last weekend, and uh, Wisconsin looks good. So Wisconsin Nebraska looks like a battle this year. But um, absolutely. But this is. This is a basketball podcast, so let's jump into hoops instead of some football here. Um, Nebraska basketball, or as they prefer, prefer to be called, Nebraska ball. Um, been the best couple last couple of years. Uh, Tim Miles trying to get things together. Um, some optimism, some kind of skepticism. Uh, what, what are the general thoughts coming into the season? What are expectations? Uh, how positive are Nebraska fans about this year? Um, well, we were a lot more positive when we had Andrew White, but once he left um, for uh, Syracuse, the optimism's kind of gone down. We've lost Siobhan Shields, Andrew White, so we were not really sure what to expect from this team, and the schedule is brutal. So we're thinking probably bottom half of the Big Ten at least. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 not too different here on Nebraska. You know, I'd like to be more positive. I I'm definitely a Tim Miles fan, whether it's you know his funny tweets or just uh, the halftime energy. He, he seems like a great coach. He develops guys, but um, yeah, there just, there just isn't a lot of top-notch talent on this roster or at least barring uh, some surprises this year. But uh, so it looks like it could be a challenging year. Um, but before, before we kind of get into this year, um, I would like to go back and hit on last year a little bit. I know it wasn't the best year for Nebraska. Ultimately the Huskers end up finishing 16 and 18 six and 12 in big 10 play for the most part, uh, you know, they get a couple decent wins. They beat Rhode Island. They beat Tennessee. They beat a, uh, you know, they pull off a shocking upset against Michigan state, but otherwise it's pretty much knocking off bottom teams um, here and there. And then they did have the, uh, the win over Wisconsin as well in the big 10 tournament before they fell to Maryland. Um, What did you make of last season? Was it a disappointment? Was it, you know, kind of what you expected. Um, what are your kind of your thoughts on how last year will affect this season? Well, Nebraska fans have been wanting more since they made the tournament a couple of years a couple of years ago with Tran Petaway and Walter Pitchford. Ever since then, though, we haven't been able to do much. Um, really, I mean, the problem is size. We don't have any size down low, and if you're playing a big Purdue team or a Wisconsin team, it just they just don't match up well and. I mean, even Iowa last year, that's a good example. They're very tall and, and deep. So last year, some tough losses, lost some close games. 
Um, losing games at home have been a big problem, too. We used to have that, we call it PBA magic uh, a couple years ago. But uh, losing those home games have been a big problem for this team. And, and blowouts have been a problem, too, especially on the road. So, I mean, last year was a huge disappointment. We're trying to at least get to the NIT if we can. Um, that's just been the problem, though, is that they, they can't win those close games, especially the ones that matter. Yeah, certainly. I, I didn't have the highest hopes coming into this year. Um, they had certainly tempered after sort of the disappointing year prior to last year. Uh, and back pretty far now, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's they had they had you know multiple guys who were at least in the All Big Ten conversation in some form or fashion. You know, with White, with Shields, and the kind of drift to the so-so meh type of season was, was definitely disappointing. Um, but with that, let, let's jump into this year and, and not dwell on last year, I guess, for too long. Uh, <laughs> uh, so before we get into that, there are some significant losses. You, know, you mentioned White. Um, he's gone uh, as well. You're, you know, you're losing uh, Shemon Shields, so you're arguably losing the two best guys on the team. Uh, you know, Benny Parker's gone as well. You know, and then you kind of have some uh, – uh, how do I say, you know, some walk-on transfers as well. And uh, Jake Hammond as well, who did play significant minutes, but he kind of fell uh, later in the year. Um, how significant are these losses? Are there any losses that you you think are essentially impossible to replace? Or is this kind of a, uh, you know, guys walk out, new guys uh, walk in? No, I, I think it's more uh, – it's going to be kind of impossible to play. Siobhan Shields was averaging 16 points per game, and he was kind of your energy. He, I mean, he, he was able to get to the points when you need him uh, up by the basket and drive to the hoop, I mean, just in those crunch time situations. And then Andrew White, of course, was a great three-point shooter, great jump shot. Those are just huge losses. And, and going into the summer, we thought Andrew White was going to be able to stay. He picked Nebraska over the NBA, but he found out that he didn't – he, I, we don't really know had the exact reason why he transferred, um, but people seem to think he didn't want to be the star player. I don't know about that. I just know that maybe the system didn't work for him under Tim Miles. Uh, but, you know, losing those two-star players, we don't really know where, where the scoring is going to come from. Glenn Watson's really good. Um, he, he averaged 8.6 points last year, last year. But besides that, you have Anton Gill come in, a Louisville transfer who, who can play this year. He's going to have to step up and make some big shots. It's just hard, though, because your two best scorers are gone, and you don't really know where the offense is going to come from anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm totally on board. You know, I, I think Shields, in a sense, you can replace not exactly his, his gameplay or his exact skill set, but you, know, you had news he was going. You knew he was leaving for a long time. Um, but White, to leave when he did, I mean – it's just so difficult to replace, especially a guy who you're talking about. Um, you know, I, I don't think he was a top five player in the Big Ten last year. I honestly, I'm not sure if he was a top ten player. But in terms of returning guys, um, it's hard to find five guys who you'd rather have on your team in the Big Ten um, than White. You know, he he was one of the best guys returning to the Big Ten. And to lose him that late into the summer is just a crushing blow. Um and then, you know, you add in, obviously, Shield, you know, that's on top of Shields already. And then you add in, you know, Hammond didn't play a lot of minutes late in the year, you know, as we mentioned. But he did still see the floor a little bit. 
Um, and Benny Parker certainly played enough minutes to where that's uh, a noticeable loss, I would say. So I, I think the losses are pretty severe um, for the Huskers. And, and considering that they were 16 and 18 last year, uh, probably not the best news uh, as far as preseason hype goes. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but with that, let, let's get some of the negativity behind. Um, Nebraska is losing a lot, but they are adding some interesting pieces. Um, you know, you mentioned Anton Gill from Louisville. Um, but they also have a intriguing recruiting class, um, certainly not nationally elite, um, but they're adding a couple guys on the wing. They're adding a big man up front. Um, who do you, what do you make of these newcomers? Uh, do you think anyone can fight into a starting spot right away? And uh, who are your guys to watch this year? Um, definitely Joy Shamanga. He's a 6'11 center, 275 pounds, true freshman. Um, Nebraska hasn't had a 6'11 guy in probably, I don't know, at least 10 years. Um, he's going to be huge if, if they can maybe use him. Except you never know a true freshman if they're able to play right away. Um, Isaiah Roby, also a true freshman, four-star recruit out of Illinois. Um, he's a guard, or forward, I'm sorry. Uh, 6'8", he could be pretty good. Um, those are your two big players you're looking out for. And of course, Anton Gill as well. But if, if, if Jordy Shemenga can, can be that center that we need him to be, I mean, this team could be a lot better than, than last season for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, I, I'm i not sure what Jordy can do this year just because uh, I think his skill set is pretty, you know, pretty raw. Um, but from a general sense, I mean, he's got, the, he's got a lot of size. He's got a lot of weight. He probably will end up having to cut some of that. Um, but he has a, some great low post moves. I think he'll be able to you know, at least – be able to bat, you know, bang with the the big men in the Big Ten, and uh, you know, he should be able to hit the board. So I mean, if if he can kind of develop a little bit, you know, that's a huge addition. Um, and certainly Gill, I I would be shocked if Gill didn't start as well. Um, it, you know, what are what are you hearing on Gill? Uh, you know, the rumor has always been that he's a great three point shooter. Um, what what do you make of Gill? You know, I I, I mean. Personally, I've never seen him play, so I don't know much about him. He's, you're right, the big rumor is he's a good three-point shooter. The rumor also is that he isn't as good as Andrew White. You know, again, these are all rumors. I'm not exactly sure. It would have been awesome to see him and White on the floor at the same time. But, unfortunately, it's not going to happen. So, we'll have to wait and see on Gil. I think he could be the next star at Nebraska. He has two years of eligibility left to play. So, if, if, if they can develop him more into, like, a star player than – he, he 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 could be pretty pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think he can score with the best of them. Uh, I agree. I'm not sure if he can he can pull off what White did, um, just because he doesn't have that size and athleticism. But uh, but yeah, he should be a big addition. A couple of these guys, uh, certainly, uh, I'm with you. I I expect them to to get some minutes here, um, as we move into this season. Uh, but jumping into the roster here, uh, let's start with the backcourt. Um. You know, the backcourt wasn't necessarily a, a major strength for Nebraska last year, um, depending on how you kind of view Shields. But, uh, you know, they have Benny Parker. They have uh, Webster. They have Watson. Um, Parker's gone, but Watson and uh, Webster will be back, um, I believe. Um, and uh, yes. yes, yeah, okay. I'm not, uh, I'm not going crazy here. Uh, <laughs> uh, what, what do you make of the backcourt? Um, can Watson take the next step? And uh, can this sort of be a strength instead of a, uh, an, an issue for the Huskers? Well, 
Watson's first. Um, Husker fans like him a lot. He's got a great, a great jump shot. I mean, he's he's, he's developing into a really good player. I, I mean, personally, I think he could probably average at least 12, 13 points a game, maybe if, if he can keep getting the jumper down. Ty Webster's been mm-hmm. a bit of a disappointment. Um, he was he was huge coming out of New Zealand. This freshman year, he's going to be a senior this year. Uh, this year, and he's been kind of a disappointment since I've been in Nebraska. He's been a little better, but uh, he, he struggled with foul trouble a lot in his career and uh, injury sometimes as well. So if if both of them can do a lot better this season, then Nebraska can have a much better chance at maybe finishing, I don't know, eight, seven, maybe in the Big Ten, just depending on if team comes together. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it's. It's hard not to believe that this whole position group kind of sits on Webster's show or uh, Watson's shoulders, excuse me. Um, and you know that's that's fair and unfair, uh, but um, just it's hard it's hard not to feel that way because I mean I think I think at this point we kind of know what Webster is. I think he's a decent player, um, but I don't expect any anything wild there. Um, whereas Watson, you know, he had a pretty big recruiting rankings. So uh, you would think he still has a, a lot left. Um, but move, one, one of the additions in the backcourt as well, uh, Evan Taylor, uh, do you think he can get a starting spot or do you think he's going to be pinned behind uh, Watson? I think he'll definitely be behind Watson. He he, he uh, probably could be good off the bench, but I, I just think that Watson is just too good. And he's definitely one of Nebraska's best players that Taylor will probably just off the bench and eat away those minutes that Watson can't have. Yeah. Um one other guy I wanted to mention briefly, he will not play this year, uh, but James Palmer transferring in from Miami. Um, real quick, again, he's not going to play this year, but uh, what do you make for make of him uh, heading into the future? Um, well, honestly, I don't know much about James Palmer. I know he played at Miami a little bit. Um, of course, you never really know what those transfers, how good they can be. Um, you know, I've heard a lot of players, like up to like 700 players transfer a year, you know. So, I'm not really sure what to make of him. Um, he's a guard. He's 6'8", 213 pounds. So, you know, next year, if, if him and Gil can be on the floor together with Watson, it, it, it could be a much better team next year for sure. Yeah, definitely something to watch going into next year. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, I'm with you. I think he's kind of a wild card. He was so, he was so, so at Miami. But, uh, you know, Andrew White wasn't, wasn't a lead at Kansas, and uh, he, did pr- he did pretty uh, damn well for Nebraska last year. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, but jumping from the backcourt onto the wing here, um, you know, you mentioned the loss of White. Obviously, that's going to be massive. But there are some other guys coming back. You know, you have McVay back. You're bringing in the freshmen with Roby and Horn. Um, And, you know, Morrow's back, who was kind of good for some time, mediocre for other times of the season. Uh, What do you make of the wing group? Who do you you think gets into the starting lineup? And – can can this group survive without White? I guess. You know, I'm I'm not really sure on that. You know, Morrow was was inconsistent for sure. I mean, he was supposed to be really good last year, and the, the consistency is what he really struggled with. I really like Michael Jacobson. I don't know if a lot of people know, a lot of fans know about him. Uh, he played a little bit last year. Um, he can shoot the three pretty well. For he's he's a big dude. He's like six nine, two hundred thirty nine pounds. Uh, he's only a sophomore. But uh, if he can get that stroke down, a lot a lot of people think Michael J- Michael Jacobson could be a pretty good player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I certainly, you know, I I'll be interested to see where they put him uh, because he's certainly not a uh, 
Uh, and we'll get to the front court here in a second as well. But, um, you know, he's not your traditional big man, so you wonder if they will slide him around. Certainly use some of that length on defense. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, McVay was all right as a freshman. You know, he hit some shots. He was okay yep. on offense. Never, never really wowed. Um, but, you know, he was also a freshman, so you, you think he would get a little better. Um, Morrow, yeah, I mean, he had some really good games. He had some games that were not really good. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, uh, I, I definitely think, you know, if there's a wild card on, on this team, at least for me, I think it's uh, Morrow, um, because I, I wouldn't be shocked if he became a pretty productive Big Ten starter. Um, but on the other hand, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if he was just a bench guy this year. He'll uh, it, be interesting to watch um, as well. And uh, I feel like I'm forgetting someone here as well to mention. But, uh, yeah, the wing group will be interesting. I, I think there's depth, and I think the depth is better than it was last year. But um, I don't think you have that top end. You know, when you're talking about losing, you know, white and shields, uh, it's going to be pretty hard to, to replace uh, two starters like that. Um, but with that, let, let's jump into the front court here. The final, you know, you mentioned Jacobson. Um, you think he's gonna gonna move over to the wing or, or stay at center? Um, and uh, uh, oh, go ahead. I was gonna mention. And then, can any of the newcomers, I guess, dethrone him there? Um, you know, I I think I probably probably move Jacobson to the wing only because I really think Shemanga is gonna have to start. I don't think there's, there's really any question about that. Nebraska just doesn't have any size, and he's. Shemanga is definitely your biggest guy. So I think they're going to have to yeah. move Jacobson out to the wing. And I'm not, I'm not sure if he'll be a starter. I, I mean, I don't know about that. I think we'll definitely come off the bench. But I'm gonna, I think they're going to have to move Jacobson to the wing for sure. Yeah, yeah, that'd be, that'll be interesting. Um, you know, per, personally, you know, I think he'll see time there. Um, you know, just from my perspective, I, I kind of think it'll be one of those, like, 25-15 splits where, you know, Jordy gets, like, 15 minutes. Jacobson gets 25, or, or they'll just split the time, I guess, is my my kind of perspective. But uh, it'll be interesting to watch. I think they'll be better if Jordy can take that uh, um, starting spot. Um, but, you know, as I said, I personally, I think he's a little bit raw. So it'll be uh, – I think it'll be a challenge to to break into that lineup. But uh, but with that, let, let's – I guess let's back up and kind of review the whole, the whole lineup here um, from – you know, point guard to center, uh, what's your starting five? Um, and who do you think is going to be the, the alpha dog, I guess, on this year's team? Um, you know, I'd probably say your starting five is going to be Ty Webster, Anton Gill, Glenn Watson, um, probably Shamanga, and one more. Um, that's kind of a wild card for your five. Could be Isaiah Roby. It could be Jacobson. Um, you're, you're definitely your your player that you need to watch this season has got to be Anton Gill. I think this this team is going to go as far as Gill goes, kind of like last year as we kind of went as far as Siobhan and um, White went. We don't really have a second player, a second big scorer. So I think this team is going to go as far as Anton Gill goes, and he's definitely going to have to eat up a lot of minutes. And I think that's gonna probably going to be your big starting five. Glenn Watson also could be a big player to watch this season as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm with you as far as the starting lineup goes. I think Watson, um, Webster, and Gill, pretty easy picks. I, I think all three of those start. I'd be pretty surprised if any of them didn't. Um, I think McVeigh is going to start or going to get his time off the bench. Um, 
I think Morrow is going to start uh, at the four. Um, I guess, I guess based on, yeah, yeah, I'd put him at the four. Um, I, I think Gill is a much better fit uh, at the three. But um, I think Jacobson will, will grab the center spot at first, and then it'll just be up to how Jordy pro- progresses after that. But uh, I definitely think I'm, I'm with you. I think the higher upside is if you can move Jacobson to the wing. But easier said than done, of course. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. Absolutely. Well, yeah, yeah. We'll see how that progresses. Um, as far as best player, um, I personally, I think it's going to be Gill. Uh, I think the guy is going to be a, a scoring machine. I don't necessarily think he uh, his efficiency numbers are going to match it. Not because I think he's bad, but I think Nebraska is just going to have to get him to score a lot. Uh, <laughs> he's kind of a volume scorer, but uh, I think he's going to post some impressive uh, averages. I guess would be my take. But um, but with with kind of that overall look at the team in mind. Um, Let's jump into to some of the stuff on the, the horizon here for the team. Um, and let's, let's start with the schedule, um, non-conference. Uh, this is actually kind of a tricky schedule, and I think a lot tougher than a lot of people think. You know, you mentioned it at the start of the podcast, but, you know, you're talking about games against Dayton, against potentially UCLA. Uh, you know, you're facing Clemson in a road game, which – I know Clemson hasn't been the greatest, but they're still a decent team. Uh, and then you get Creighton, who has been uh, one of the better programs as of late. And then, I mean, a road game at Kansas kind of speaks for itself. Uh, what what do you make of the non-conference schedule? Uh, do you like it? Do you like how challenging it is? Um, or do you think maybe they should have notched it back a little bit considering where the team is? You know, Tim has always said that he, he wants his, his non-con schedule to be tough just to get ready for Big Ten play because, obviously, the Big Ten is one of the best basketball conferences in the country. So mm-hmm. he, he always likes to make it really tough, and, you know, it, it is. I mean, it is. It really is tough. I mean, you had that Clemson game on the road, which could be which could be kind of interesting, the ACC Big Ten Challenge game. Um, we also have that, that – uh, the Woodland Classic, which is um, where they play Dayton over Thanksgiving, and you're right, they could also maybe play UCLA in that in that tournament. The Creighton game is interesting. Nebraska and Creighton is a big rivalry in state. They don't like each other. Um, it's huge. Nebraska lost five in a row in the series. It is at home this year, but Creighton looks like a really good team this year. I mean, Creighton could maybe make the Sweet 16, um, and of course, Kansas on the road. Almost impossible, honestly. That I mean, that's going to be probably the toughest game on their schedule. Nobody yeah, wins no that one. at Fieldhouse. Yeah, yeah, no one wins there. <laughs> um, but I mean, I mean, besides that, you've got a, some easy games against Southern, Gardner Webb, Sacramento State, Louisiana Tech. But overall, this non-conference schedule is very tough. And if Nebraska can maybe get out of it with seven or eight wins, they could feel pretty good about it going into the Big Ten play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of with you. I, I would say that's uh, with the audio there, uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm with you. I mean, I, I think at some point you do kind of have to step back and realize that like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm generally a, a bigger fan of, of scheduling towards what your team is. But uh, uh, I think the reality is even in the best case scenario, Nebraska, and hopefully I'm not giving away my predictions too early here, but uh I, I think even best case scenario, Nebraska is a fringe NIT team. So I mean, 
heck, schedule away, get some tough games, get some experience in hostile environments. And uh, who knows, maybe you'll pull an upset or two and, and it'll be worth it. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I will have to say, you know, you have to tip your cap to Nebraska. I mean, the, uh, the guts, the schedule road game at Kansas is just kind of unreal. Um, I know, uh, I believe it's a home and home. So I think they get a home game next year. Uh, which Correct. I, Correct. which I would imagine will be pretty big for the, you know, the season ticket holders, uh, to get Kansas at home, but man, yeah, that's going to be tough. That, that just, that's a game that just reeks of potential blowout. Um, and I, again, as I, as we both noted five minutes ago, nobody wins there. Like nobody wins an LT field house. Um, but, but with the non-conference schedule there, you know, it's going to be tough. It'll be interesting, but moving into big 10 play, things are probably equally as difficult. Um, they start out with road games at Indiana and Maryland uh, and come home for a game against Iowa. Uh, things do get a little easier after that, but you know, the big 10 is just as it is every year, very tough conference. Uh, any interesting thoughts, I guess, on the big 10 schedule, um, you know, obviously it's, it's kind of similar for every team, but uh, what, was there anything that popped out to you, I guess? Well, in the years past, Nebraska hasn't been able to play Iowa twice. I mean, it's a big rivalry, basketball, football, all the sports. But this year, um, actually, it's nice. We, we do get to play Iowa twice. Uh, same with Wisconsin. Nebraska-Wisconsin is a little bit of a rivalry as well. We only get to play Wisconsin once at home, which I kind of wish we could play them on the road as well. Um, the Ohio State game on the road is tough. Indiana on the road is tough. These road games are brutal for Nebraska. Michigan State's tough on the road. We did we did beat them last year, but the, the schedule, of course, I, I mean, it's big time basketball. It's going to be tough. And honestly, Nebraska could maybe win six games in the Big Ten and probably feel okay. And I mean, I don't know. It, it's, it's just tough, really. It's, it's a very tough schedule. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I. I... I feel like I, I talk about this every single podcast because, uh, you know, typically for the BT powerhouse season preview, we, uh, we start toward a, towards the bottom and work our way towards the top. Uh, so a lot of the teams are in kind of similar situations here at, at the beginning of the, of the preview series here. But, uh, but the tricky thing with the big 10 is even though I think the top teams are going to come down this year, you know, I, I don't think you're going to have these just behemoth powerhouses but I think the bottom is getting better in the Big Ten. So I, I think picking up those easy wins, you know, against the Illinois, against the Minnesota, against the Penn State are going to be a lot tougher this year than they have been um, <clears throat> against the Northwestern as well. So, I mean, even if your team's better, uh, the record may not show it. And I, I think Nebraska could be a team that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, struggles with that this year. So that'll – that's definitely something worth watching. Um, I, I think there are certainly wins on there. I mean, you play Rutgers, you at least got a shot at one win. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, there, are, there are definitely some other winnable games there. But with that, um, let's get into uh, everybody's favorite part here, which are season predictions. Um, first off, what do, you, what do you expect of the Huskers this year, um, generally record-wise? Um, do they make the postseason? If they do, what tournament do they make? Um, and and kind of what do you what do you just make of the the team this year? You know, this team's kind of a wild card, really. It just depends. How, I mean, how the pieces kind of fall. I mean, the schedule is just tough. 
do I think they'll make the postseason? You know, I don't know. I think that, I mean, you kind of mentioned a little bit ago, they're kind of a fringe NIT team. I don't think they can make the NCAA tournament this season. I hope I'm wrong. But, um, you know, it's just, it's just you're not really sure what to expect from this team only because a lot of, there's a lot of new faces. And with all the tough road games and not being able to win the games at home in the past, I mean, I'm thinking the record might be like, you know, a 13 and 18, a 12 and 19 kind of year. Um, not really what Tim Miles wants, and honestly, he could put Tim Miles in the hot seat after this season. Yeah, you know, uh, and I, I do want to ask you about that a little bit after after getting through some of these season predictions here. Uh, I'm I'm kind of with you. I, I think this team, first off, I think they're going to have a losing record. Um, I, I think they're going to struggle significantly in Big Ten play. Um, I, I have a feeling they're going to pull off an upset or two. As I mentioned, I think the top of the Big Ten is going to be weaker. I think it'll be vulnerable to upsets, but I, I just think those game in, game out, uh, it's going to be really tough for Nebraska to string together wins. Um, you know, take, for instance, a game at Minnesota. Uh, last year, you know, that's probably a win. You know, Minnesota was pretty terrible last year. But this year, you know, they bring in a lot of talent. Uh, their roster's improved a lot. And, and suddenly that goes from you know, a probable win to, you know, maybe a loss. Um, and the, there are a lot of other teams like that. So I, I think it's going to be tough. Um, I think this team has a shot at the NIT. Um, if a couple, you know, Jordy's a guy up front, you know, if, if he can come in and play well, uh, I think they can make the NIT. If they can get, you know, Morrow, if they can get, they need somebody who's not really projected to do big things this year to, to do at least something. Um, and at least find sort of that fifth starter. Uh, that I think they're they're kind of lacking in that lineup right now. If, and if they can do that, uh, get a couple guys to develop off the bench, I, I think they can make the NIT. But um, I agree with you. I, I think the NCAA tournament's a little bit out of reach this year, um, and maybe next year they can. Uh, but you did you did bring up the potential of the hot seat. I, I do want to hit on that for a couple minutes here. I know it's kind of a depressing final topic, but. <laughs> um, I, I think it's warranted this year. I, I don't think anyone out there – well, first off, uh, I guess let me know your thoughts on this, but um, I don't think anyone out there views Miles on the hot seat as of now, uh, but I think most people think he has to show some progress this year. Um, first off, do you agree with that? Um, and, and where do you think he kind of sits in regards to that hot seat? He's heating up, or uh, is it still pretty cool right now? You know – Tim Miles' record is 63 and 67 overall at Nebraska. Um, he's known as a program builder. He was at North Dakota State. He built them up, Colorado State, before coming to Nebraska. Um, Husker fans love him. He's, he's a good coach. He's able to develop talent. Uh, he made the NCAA tournament in 2013. But ever since then, Nebraska hasn't been able to get back to it. They've been below 513 and 18 in 2014 and 16 and 18 in 2015. So, I mean, it's. Right now, I mean, today is what October third. If I mean his his seat is not hot right now, but if Nebraska were to finish, you know, twelve, eleven in the Big Ten, way under five hundred, it could be getting pretty warm. The problem is that Nebraska isn't exactly a place the coaches want to go, only because we're not a basketball school. We are a football school. Another argument there is that look at Michigan, look at Michigan State, Ohio State. They they're both basketball and football schools. So, 
um, it, it, it's, it's definitely a tough place to win. Nebraska's never won an NCAA tournament game in program history. Um, mm-hmm. So if, if 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 it's a bad season, Tim Miles could be on the hot seat going the next season, and then and, and then he could be gone. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, as as a side note, I I've always found it so interesting that um, not only that Nebraska has struggled so much uh, during its history on the on the hardwood, but uh, the fact that they haven't improved because I mean, uh, it, it's just the fan support is just unbelievable uh, for Nebraska's team, and I'm sure you know this certainly better than I do, but uh, I mean the fact that Nebraska is like top ten in attendance with a team that isn't even close to the NIT. Uh, it's just mind blowing to me uh, <laughs> as just a, a Big Ten guy. And uh, you know, do you, does that surprise you? Yes. Um, do, you, do you think they should be doing better? Because I mean, uh, you know, if you turn on a Nebraska game, the crowd is full before the game. They're there the whole time. They're cheering. They're involved. Uh, and, and you think that that would yield some results? Uh, does that surprise you, or or do you think just kind of the regional uh, limits are are too much? You know, Nebraska loves its college sports, football, volleyball, basketball. I mean, Nebraska has no pro sports. There are no NFL or Major League Baseball teams in the state. So Nebraska fans always come out. They're always supporting. They care about all their sports. Um, you, you would think that it would help only because um, Nebraska just built a brand-new arena about three years ago, four years ago. Um, it, it's, it definitely helps with recruiting. Um, but the fan support's always been incredible no matter what sport it is. And recruits have talked about that. I mean, it, I mean, Nebraska fans care. They always have been. They always will. And, unfortunately, it, it just doesn't show them the results, and that's kind of been the problem over the last, I don't know, 20, 30 years of Nebraska basketball. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It, it's just always something that surprised me, uh, certainly ever since Nebraska joined the Big Ten. Um, but why don't we finish on a, on a happy note and a less ominous uh, discussion here. Uh, what's something you're excited about this year? And uh, tell me why Nebraska will defy the haters and make the NCAA tournament. You know, I'm excited. I don't know if you guys know this. I'm a student here at UNL, actually. I'm a senior. I'm a sports journalist major. So I'm excited to cover the team one more year. Uh, it should be a fun season. I mean, I mean, um, some upsets maybe here and there. Um, if, if they could defy the logic to get the NCAA tournament, that'd be incredible. They're going to have to win the close games, though, especially on the road. They've been struggling on the road in the Big Ten since they've joined the conference, and they also need to, to protect that home field advantage, home court advantage. Excuse me, um, that's been huge at, at PBA, and and they actually moved the students uh, when they first built the arena. The the students were um, well in the Bob Devaney Sports Center where they used to play. And the students were behind the baskets, and once they moved mm-hmm. the students to um, behind the benches, this made a big difference, a big impact. They're loud, they're proud, they're into it. Um, so if Nebraska can use that home court advantage to their to, in their favor and win some of those big close games, they could maybe contend for for a, a top uh, half spot of the Big Ten and maybe make that NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it'll uh, as as we both discussed, it'll be tough, but uh, who knows? Who knows? It's college basketball; you never know what can happen. But uh, but Adam, thank you for joining us. Uh, any final thoughts here uh, before we let you go? Uh, it should be a fun season. I, I hopefully Nebraska as well, and uh, we'll, see, we'll uh, see what happens. Yeah, definitely. Adam, thanks for joining us. Have a good one. Thank you, you too. 
Uh, as a reminder to everyone, that was uh, Adam. He writes for Porn Nation, which is SB Nation's Nebraska site. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Jeez, cough. Cough is heading out. Um, if you're interested in Nebraska, um, what's going on in uh, old Huskerville there, uh, whether it's football, basketball, volleyball, um, I think they got some wrestling stuff as well. Um, they certainly have baseball. You know, Nebraska, arguably the Big Ten's biggest baseball school. So uh, if you're interested in any of that, check them out. Uh, they do great stuff. Um, I believe on Twitter they're at Corn Nation if you're interested. But, but with that, I'm Thomas Bendit. You can check me out on Twitter at TBendit. Um, we'll be back with, I believe, ne- Northwestern is our next preview. Uh, so continuing with the NU schools. <laughs> but anyway, thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.